Art Next Door Prepared by Tuche Ela Art Next Door features the independent art scene in Neukölln and Berlin. Free Community-based art Socially engaged artistic practice Artist-led project spaces Collectives Emerging and young artists. News and interviews will be broadcast in Arts Next Door on Keith FM. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me to come to Court Court to talk about the project space and yourself and how the project space evolved. So, could you please start telling who you are and then how long have you been? Okay, shall I start? So I start, all right. Um, well, I'm Felder and uh, I'm an artist born in Hamburg, living in Berlin nowadays. And um, I'm personally working with installation and work in public space. And maybe now you say about yes, something about Yes, and you. I'm the second part of Kurt Kurt. I'm Simona Zauk. I'm originally from Switzerland and I'm living in Berlin since almost 20 years and I'm also dealing with public space in my own um, work and uh, but I'm interested in the context and the situations and that in the end it doesn't matter if it's presented in the public space or in an institution but maybe we can also yeah, start to tell why we are doing this project yeah, exactly. space together. We met and we found out that, that we are, were both organizing uh, international art projects in public space and that was the starting point to think also about what we can do in Berlin or if it's necessary to do something in Berlin in the public space. And um, we, we, we organized actually some big projects before internationally, but never in Berlin. So we tried to, to figure out, okay, what's the point to do it in Berlin and where, especially where? Because the interesting uh, situation for us was that it was like Berlin is kind of too big and too small in the same time. It's very, very big, but like the, 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 the Keats in itself, they are kind of small. So where, where to, to get a grip on, on an on a interesting situation, on a location which is kind of, you know, having enough potential to do projects. And so we were looking, but we were not finding really the, the point. And um, then actually we moved to Berlin, uh, to, to Moabit, sorry, together, uh, found an apartment, and all of a sudden we were walking around and passing by Lübecker Straße and passing by this space which was then in 2006 empty, an empty shop obviously. And we saw, well that's the house where Kurt Tucholsky was born, the, the famous German author from, from the 20s. And I mean we didn't know and obviously not so many people knew in Berlin. And um, we always react on, on places. And um, we thought, well, 
that's maybe a good situation to have a space here because Moabit is also very interesting. It's an island in Berlin. It's really surrounded by water, so it's a clearly defined urban space because it's an island. And there's a space which is available. And now we tried to, to, to uh, contact the landlords and we actually managed to get a grip on it and to use it as, as a space uh, temporarily in the beginning. Yeah, but there is something, for me it's quite important to add and that our projects before could, could were always without any space. That's like um, going into one street, into a place and to take it for a certain but time, but also to disappear again. That was some yeah, important point of these projects before and here it was also this island morbid that was like a kind of playground for artists because there were so many different social impacts or um, also the development of the city and the traffic, the prison is here, also Hamburger Bahnhof, there are from the museum to the prison, from the architecture to yeah, kind of um, cultural projects, but there are were quite less. And there was also the fact that Moabit wasn't known in Berlin. When you told people 2006, we are opening a project space in Moabit, people were asking, where is Moabit? But it's next to the main station, for example. And that was Originally, we were thinking about this project also in public space and then it came together with the, discovering this empty shop here in Lübecker Straße 13 and then yeah, it was the, the decision to mix these both things. And use it as a project center, yeah. but always go into the public space, but you have a place where you could always start in. Yeah, and to not to be so clear and, and uh, to say only in public space, to mix the idea to have an exhibition, to give to the artists this uh, concept that they have a space to show their work and also to show new works they developed especially for this project. And in the first three years we had only projects, they happened in the public space, but they had also a other part in the project space. Yeah, it's like, it was really, we used it as a, as a project center, so it was never meant to be a long-term thing. We thought, okay, this is temporary, we do it for a while, we have the space, which is nice, and it, it was not so expensive those days. And we, we make our, we organize the projects in public space, but we have the always visible center where you go to start and you always find a place, okay, that's where information is and presentation and from there you go out to the public space and you get back to here. That was the idea. Yeah, so. and it worked, or it, it's still like this, it's also an, an anchor for the, the reflection and the works they are dealing with this um, city laboratory of Moabit. 
And what maybe we should mention too is that the artists in the three first years were always two artists, a woman and a man working or exhibiting together. Sometimes they were like a team or a collaboration um, collective or they could also be not that they didn't know each other before and working together here and they came for like one week, two weeks to Kurt Kurt and lived here and made their research, went back in their studios and came for the exhibition with a new work, with a especially um, specific work for this situation in Moabit. And I think that's also one thing we still have. It's a program, uh, except of the exhibitions and the, the projects or series of exhibitions we are curating, we have a program called Kunstgastarbeiterin. It's like artists being guest workers. And they are living here for one month or two months, and in the end, there is always a presentation. Mm -hmm. So that's, and, but maybe we could also say something about uh, the name because when we when we met, finally had the the space, <laughs> we were standing on the street and was like, okay, we, we, what's what's the name of the of our new child? <laughs> and since it's the, the house where Kotucholsky was born, and we are two, it was. Right out of the stomach, oh yeah, it's a double Kurt, Kurt Kurt. Yeah. So there it was. No more thinking, clear, Kurt Kurt. <laughs> that's uh, how it that's how it started kind of. Yeah, and it's also funny because that um, is related to another author, Erich Kessner, who wrote a book with the title The Double The Doppelte Lottchen. The Doppelte Lottchen double Lottchen and it's this female name, but in the end it was also the decision to have this author, Kurt Tucholsky, who, is, who, who was very critical in the 20s, in the last century and before the Nazis came and who was it, at the same time he was very constructive with his ideas or he was also um, had a big humor and sense and of humor, sense yeah, of yeah. humor and, and he was ironic, but he was so conscious about daily life, about political changes, and we thought that's like a mentor, a, a tutor who is always here, but we were not. Um, expecting to make something about literacy or about literature and, and um, because in the beginning we were asked quite often do you make also theater or um, performances with actor and, and that was not the, the main thing. It can happen in connection with uh, art projects but we wanted to show this artists dealing with this situation and also being, we invite always artists being very, yeah, critical with, with the daily 
political situation. So in a sense, Tucholsky was more like, like one, on one hand, our challenge, because he was like an idol, and on the same time, he was the good spirit, because, you know, he's, he's here, some, in a way. He was always above us, <laughs> which was really nice, of course. We, we feel it, it's a, it's a fantastic privilege to have a space in this house. And, yeah. uh, so that was a very nice coincidence uh, in the very beginning to find the place and being able to really use it was great. And there was also one uh, um, artist, uh, or Katharina Grosse was showing a huge installation with a tree. Um, she had a tree who was her friend in front of her studio and he was, the tree had to be cut. And then when we asked her to show here, she came with this idea to bring the tree in this space here. And then it was an <laughs> incredible <laughs> action to bring these four tons of tree. Yeah, one, one piece was four yeah, tons. One piece in this space. And is it um, yeah, working with the floor and the everything? Statics and, the statics. And that was crazy. Uh, and she was making this space to a like colorful uh, yeah uh, experience with the tree and she was making a performance with Stefan Schneider, Stefan Schneider yeah he's, and he he's a he's a musician and photographer he was uh, part of the band Kreidler and uh, Toroko Kurut and he was working together with the people living in the second floor where Kotuchowski really was born, in the, in the, exactly in the flat where he was born, he was making interviews. And in the end of the exhibition of Katharina Grosse, they made together a sound performance. Using, they, using, yeah, the, using the, this the sound footage from, from the interviews with the people living in the Tucholsky flat. Yeah. And, and Tucholsky only, I mean, he was born in this house? Uh, but he, the, the parents moved away after two years, so he was here for two years as a baby. Um, maybe one thing is also interesting because uh, maybe it's interesting to say how the condition is to be here, you know, because we got the, the possibility to use the space, but we never got a contract in that sense. We are not paying rent. We have uh, what we call Nutzungsvereinbarung. I don't know the English word for that. So it's, it's something like we can use it for one month and after one month they can cancel it or it, if they don't cancel it goes on continues for another month but it's since 2006 in August we are living on this kind of deal that it's only for four weeks and it continues for the next four weeks if not one side <laughs> says stop and that's quite interesting concept because I mean still we are here um, and you could say, yeah, but that's, I mean, there's no, no, you know, there's no safety, there's no clear planning, but it's, on the other hand, it's true, but it works, as you can see. And on the other hand, it's also positive for us, because once we, we, we say, well, it's, it's the end, we don't want to continue, um, we don't have a two years contract which we have to fulfill, we, have, we, we are out, you know. But that's like a very uh, interesting story, maybe, for project spaces, and uh, I don't know if there are many existing project spaces with a, with, a concept, <laughs> with a concept like this. Uh, so that's yeah. kind of maybe interesting. Yeah. I mean, I have heard uh, 
old contracts which could be really cheap and affordable and a good connection with the landowners or the other way around that the landowner is actually increasing because they give a kind of a place full of trash and then the people who take care of the space put extra extra value with cleaning it, with making events and now they're increasing the rent. So I have old I have heard different situations, but this one is very particular. Yeah but very precarious. Kind of on the other hand. Kind of, but if you see it like this, yes, but if you see it also like um, that you are very flexible and then it's also there is a positive yeah. part of it. But we also had an increasing rent um, after, I don't remember, like seven years, something like this, uh, when everything was starting to change in Moabit and uh, all the rents went higher, we also had, like, we pay now more than double than 15 years ago, so it's, double, yeah. it's also but, yeah. harder uh, because in the beginning it was like okay for two artists because normally or we are working as independent artists and the code code space is our project together to organize and also to make this concept for mostly three or four exhibitions and to have like one title, one bigger question or yeah, subject and then we invite several artists to participate, participate and also to yeah, deal with this subject. I think I want to quickly go back to this Gastarbeiter concept that you have developed. So, uh, because it has also a lot of connection with uh, Turkey, I guess. And Kurt has a meaning in Turkish, it means wolf. <laughs> How was your reaction when you heard of this? From the neighbors when they were telling yeah, it was it was very funny because there is a there's a Turkish coffee two houses away in the neighborhood and then they came and said, Oh well you know what it means and are you are you Turkish? And and, and no, no, but what does it mean? And they said, Yeah, it's wolf. Um, which was a surprise for us, but it's of course it was just very, very fitting um, and, and fantastic because Kurt Tucholsky was using synonyms for, for his work. He was writing under different names and usually using animals for that. So it's like tiger, panther, uh, and so on. And so the wolf was perfectly fitting into that story. And then, I mean, from the very beginning, obviously there was a good flow and spirit for, for all of that. Things came together. Um, that was very nice. And, and the, the, our normal um, um, process is that we uh, organize series of projects under certain, certain themes, subjects. And then we invite artists and colleagues to participate. But at the same time we find out that this is a great place also to live in. And so we kind of develop the concept where we have, we have a fully equipped kitchen with a bathroom and shower and we have two spaces, like the front space is visible with shop window, the back space is very kind of private. And we made some 
simple furniture so that people could actually live in the back and work in the front. And we had this idea to, to have this space if there is not a project or exhibition running. And uh, since we are artists and having a lot of work, otherwise um, there's like four or five exhibitions. So there is time available in, and, between, in yeah. between to have uh, international artists from all over the world as guests. But and following kind of Harald Seemann's idea of the working uh, artist, Gastarbeiter, uh, what was his name, the name for his um, bureau? Bureau for, for, for artistic guest working, yeah. like this, I think. We, um, we thought, well, that's just fantastic. Uh, we are in a city where a lot of migrants came uh, from the 60s on for work from Italy, Turkey, Yugoslavia, and, and so on, and Portugal, Spain, and so on, and so on. And um, anyhow, these migrational uh, movements are interesting for us, because we are ourselves not, I mean, who is uh, originally born Berliner? <laughs> and then, yeah, we, but then we have this place uh, as a place where artists can come, live, and work not only just live, but then work as well. And then we take the word Gastarbeiter, which is connotation is clear in, in German, what is there behind. We take it from the very positive side and understand it. Like, you know, Gast is the guest. The guest is welcome, but he works. <laughs> guest worker. And so we, we, we have now, I don't know. Yeah, but it's also, because we were, or we are always questioning the, yeah, that the, that what is happening, and this question, what is the work of an artist, is very fundamental, very basic for us, and that was also part of this program because you have this guest thing that, but also this is connected to our experience, because as an artist you are working somewhere in Berlin or in London or somewhere in Mecklenburg-Vorpommern or wherever, but then you go to your shows, you go to exhibit your work and you are always a guest somehow in uh, other project space, museum or wherever you are showing your work. And that's uh, like questioning what are we doing as artists? We are traveling around, we are um, playing with our work in like, um, yeah, other spaces, other sites. But, um, yeah, this question, what, what is the work of, a, of an artist was also in this program and we liked it because it connected this uh, thoughts about what are, what is the work of an artist to the neighborhood because the neighborhood is great here they are observing us but they are also uh, visiting quote quote they are interested in what is happening in this space 
and there are many guest workers around. And interesting is too that one of the first guest worker was um, Margareta Ken, and she was really making a research about women coming for the Siemens or AEG for this huge um, Company. companies. They, Which are based in, in Moabit as well? They are still based in Moabit and some of them went later to uh, Spandau because it was too small and too expensive here in the middle of the city. But that was, yeah, was interesting and it was also this year where uh, when the 50th like birthday of the Turkish guest of the, workers of the first guest worker were, um, cele celebrated and I think that was it's also like the choice of this place Moabit this program is also showing that we like to connect the different things with our language of visual artists and Margareta I mean she has Croatian background she's from Croatia living in London coming here to, to Moabit to, to work about this because her mother was, mother, yeah, was exactly. actually, a, if that's not so known, it was female guest workers coming also in the beginning without family. Family stayed wherever um, and, and it was only the, the, the female guest workers and they had children and so on, but they were here alone working for money. And they were living like six women together in one flat and she made interviews and they, she made a kind of an archive about what she found this um, food, uh, found footage things and then connected with new interviews she made with this um, women or the one she still uh, found in Berlin. So that's what, what happens is that the artists are coming here living in court court in the back for two weeks, for four weeks, even for two months we had already when it is possible and working so that's like also a connection to the to the outside because if you work in the front space it's visible and this is very interesting obviously because people always react in a, here and around in the, in the neighborhood in a very positive way they are very curious they come and oh, what are you doing so all the artists said oh it's really nice because i never had this situation before that i was working and people came and i had a, a, a lot of talks about what i'm doing in a very good way and now I made friends because they just came and saw me working and asking, what are you doing? Um, so that's like a very nice uh, um, sidestep uh, effect. And um, it's always like you know, the, the, the artist could decide if and how they want to present something in the end. So they work and in some way they, pr they present, sometimes it's a real exhibition and sometimes it's more like a work in progress thing. So that's not... Or not, an open studio or something It's like not this. so clearly yeah. defined like the exhibition series. But what is also interesting is because in our days we made a... or now we made a big step towards the digital communication but also research on a digital level um, or we were forced to yeah, uh, do year. it. But what we still think is that this real experience to real be at a place or in a place and to make experience to smell it to um, hear it, it to touch it uh, 
is so important and that is also something not only for the guest workers, it's also for all our other projects that we try to bring the international artists with their also views from outside here to Kurt Kurt, but to connect it with the local view or to when you are living here you you were uh, you yeah have maybe after two weeks another view to the house next door because you know one people or something like this or you know the stores or shops in the street and it changes your yeah, your behavior, but also how you are dealing with the situation. And that is something we still like very much that, or we think that it's real, really a different work that comes out when you have uh, contact with, with people, with space, with sites, and not only making research in the internet. In the world wide web. Yeah. yeah. That's how we work ourselves. If we if we are working on projects internationally we we always uh, research at the site to to develop ideas. It's not like that we are invited and we can send something. Almost never. Uh, so it's always it's or it's our main interest to be there and to develop for the site from the site, mm -hmm. and that's also what we like to do here. And it's also f funny because there are things we also see now that it's more, um, it's faster, is better for our environment and everything. For example, the organized organizational part of a project you can do with a Zoom or team or whatever meeting. Um, you don't have to travel always at, or to be always at the same place, but to make a research, a deeper research, an intense research, I think it needs, in this context, it needs um, to be also here. Yeah, so probably Corona times was really harsh then. <laughs> uh, how did you sustain I mean, for, for many reasons, I think for every one of us, it was it was very strange and very, and it, it, the, the 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 exhausting part was that we were always occupied with with planning and thinking how and what and changing, and postponing and the project, postponing <laughs> and, and discussing and how how to do it and changing rules and and like is it possible? Is it not possible? In which way is it possible? What's what's the rule? What's the regulation? But I think we managed it to have uh, to still go on with our yeah. concept because we had two things. We had one um, Christmas tree upside down turning around um, in this space and from, it, the hanging, from, from the uh, hanging from the ceiling, and it, it was like a show you could all the time see from outdoor, and it was so yeah dealing with the space that it was not necessary to go inside but still to have this feeling that you you had a yeah you saw something but you take also something with you when you went uh, on with your walk 
And the second um, interesting project was together with the Royal College in London and the Academy of Art in Nuremberg. The, they were making a project about, or they are still making, about the, or working about walk art. What can you do with walking? And they made short sentences. We projected on the front space. They give you like um, some kind of instruction what you could do while walking. You know, yeah. Very different things. For example, sentences like walk in your um, kids in your neighborhood and. Uh, Always, when you cross the road, um, smile to a person you cross, or something like this. And there was, it was so nice because everybody was walking because it was Corona, and this was the only thing you could do outdoor. But it it became also boring to everybody, and you could take here every day a new sentence, a new instruction, what can you do with your walk, with your daily walk? And I think um, it worked quite well because it was a participating project um, and now we hope that it will happen in August. The students come with their works, they also made like video pieces and um, yeah, more instructions, and now they are walking from Nuremberg to Berlin. Just so now. And they, then they make come in person, and they will be really here. That's, and they I mean, will arrive the, in the beginning the of August and yeah. prepare not, their show not for possible one week. for the London colleagues because that's not possible. Yeah, still. it's so still a problem, but. So that was, yeah, I mean, you managed to find ways around, and we had also like one, like a reading. Which was done actually a Zoom uh, online yeah. event and stuff like that, and but also we had like last September there yeah. was this there was this uh, time window where it was possible again to open and then in a very because everything was postponed and or not happening and in a very spontaneous decision we said okay. Let's phone some artists. We make a group exhibition. What is not usually what we're doing, and then we just phoned a lot of artists and said, "Well, we have the idea to make a spontaneous group exhibition in uh, four was, weeks. Four weeks. Yeah, maybe, it was weeks. four weeks because and in Mobit is this arts termin. It's a festival, and it ended with the Berlin Art Week. So we yeah, and, and, and yeah, it was really short notice." And it was a Saturday afternoon, we were just on the phone and phoning all of them and they all said immediately, really enthusiastic, yes, I'm, I'm part of it, of course, great, yes, let's do it. It was fantastic and it was such a great energy and it was, in the end it was like 14, 15 artists. Yeah, 14. The, the title was also nice, it was uh, Sleep is Overrated. <laughs> and we, we got them all together, it was a really nice group show. and. Um, also the experience to be here again in the place and people are coming under certain restrictions, of course masks and not too many people could enter but we had a bar in the, in the doorway which was open and you know very and people were standing on the street and there were so many people coming and it was such a happy feeling yeah, and, and it was really great energy, it was fantastic and, and so we had this 
very nice exhibition with Katharina Grosse, with Karin Sander, with Lia Lewandowski, with Heather Allen, with Sofia Pompery, with uh, Heike Baranowski, with uh, Georg Zay, and, and so on and so on and so on. And, and, and it was really, really great. It was, so that's also part of it, uh, this kind of intense experience out of the lockdown. <laughs> yeah, and, and just after, still in the lockdown this spring, we tried to open the door again and to make this booking system and with the show of Mikala Hüldigdal and Sharon Pass, it was also possible because they had uh, like installations um, but with virtual reality and with video projection. So the space was quite empty, there was enough space and you, but people could enter and um, they booked their slot and then we could open in the end of March again and it was, yeah, it's still our aim to make shows you can visit like this one too and to, but also to connect this with the situation, with the urban questions we have, with, um, yeah, also the future problems or we have to deal with. Which was also very interesting because there was two allowed in the front and two in the back, so four people at the same time, booking time slots, which worked okay. I mean, it's a lot of effort to organize that, but still, uh, it worked. People were using the possibility. And what was nice, I think, was that it was also a different experience to meet them in the, because usually for an opening or, you know, it's a lot of people coming. And here it was time, more or less, for, for each one. Uh, to, to talk to them and it was, got also more intense for us as well as for them because they really decided I want to go there and that's a different thing than just pass by and um, so we, we experienced that it's also something special you know it was but it's positive because it was also it's not so many in the end the numbers are smaller but for them which were here and for us it was more intense yeah, and uh, together with the two artists, it was also kind of giving to all visitors a small guided tour because it was you had this always this uh, direct contact with the people. So it's yeah, we are trying out to find <laughs> a way to deal with the new situation. Yeah. Is there anything that you would like to add? Yeah, I think we can add that we are planning for the next year like we explained before, uh, a project with several shows or several exhibitions and, and also inviting again artists and um, yeah, the questions, it was, we had a series traveling in the space or traveling, now it's more going to the yeah, subject traveling in the city and it's also connected with this project here now from Berna Vienna and I think that will continue in or somehow continue what we started already now but to bring more questions and yeah, more different views in this yeah, huge question too about uh, urban space and how we deal with this urban space.
connected with nature, but with climate, with work, with justice and everything. Thank you so much for your time and then your open-heartedly <laughs> sharing the whole story of Kurt Kurz. I really appreciate that. Thanks. Welcome. Thank You're you. welcome. Thank you. Hello everyone. So we are uh, inside the Kurt Kurt and I am very happy to meet Bernard in person to talk about himself, his curatorial practice and the current project Reconnecting Earth at Kurt Kurt. So thank you so much Bernard and uh, please introduce yourself to our audience. Hello and thank you for having me in your show. Um, thank you also to be in Kurt Kurt, uh, like it's a wonderful space in, the, in Moabit and uh, I think it's important to uh, underline that uh, it's great to sometimes like come to a Moabit because it's like a, a kind of island. Sometimes the people from Kreuzberg or Neukölln or other part of the city are not coming until here. Um, so about myself, I'm uh, an independent curator and also director of uh, Kunstverein in Geneva. Uh, and I'm here in Berlin uh, since uh, 2014 um, and realizing and, and building shows uh, with young artists but also with more established ones uh, in um, off spaces but also in institutions between Switzerland and Germany. To, to say something a little bit about like this exhibition, uh, it's important to start maybe with uh, the context in which it begins. Uh, and it was uh, at the beginning of the first uh, wave of COVID uh, and we were uh, regularly walking around like many, many people, I think, like uh, every evening at seven with some artists or other curators or friends, like always this little group of two. Uh, and we were uh, chatting a lot about like the nature around and also discovering a new area of Berlin. So I think it happens to a lot of us. We were like just uh, moving around and uh, suddenly thinking, oh, but that's here. I never seen that before. So, so in, in, this, uh, in this modus, so to say, like we uh, discover also all those allotments. Uh, it's, it's funny to, to think that there are indeed 70,000 allotments in Berlin. So we, we, we ended our stroll sometimes in some of those and we're really curious about like what kind of people were like living there sometimes or or just working so we like with uh, another curator Julia Oynemann uh, who uh, is living also like close to my place we we often discuss about that and have the chance to go to Leipzig uh, where uh, there is a Kleingarten museum and uh, we, we were fascinating indeed by the story of uh, those gardens uh, who uh, were, um, so to say, created as a movement uh, at the middle of the 19th century. 
So that's a little bit like one part of the context of the show. And uh, the second aspect is uh, the inspiration of the French philosopher Baptiste Morisot, uh, who is a professor at Aix-Marseille and uh, who writes uh, about a crisis of sensitivity. Um, I, I might like come a little bit uh, back to that uh, further in the show, uh, but like basically is um, a theory um, developed on the idea that we are not having anymore or, or we don't have uh, any contact with the immediate environment, with the surroundings, but also with all the others uh, living beings. So with those two aspects, with the allotments and the, this, uh, those gardens in Berlin, and with this idea of the crisis of sensibility, uh, I decided to invite artists to suggest way to reconnect with the immediate nature. And that's how the title of the exhibition comes, Reconnecting Earth. So, um, how did you choose the artist for this exhibition? Were they already uh, your contacts that you have been developing other projects or you contact several people specifically for this project? How this whole process evolved, especially during this COVID times that we didn't have so much physical interaction maybe, but more online encounters, so... Yeah, like physical contact was uh, difficult at that time, um, but we, we had, I had the chance to already have uh, some of them uh, in uh, past projects, and uh, with, with Andreas Greiner, for instance, or with Julien Charrière, we were discussing early on, on that idea, uh, also with uh, Swiss artists uh, um, like Valérie Favre or Caroline Bachmann, uh, we were we were um, conversing about like this notion of crisis of sensitivity. Um, so it was the possibility uh, to develop uh, this project organically, and then to contact other artists I was interested to the practice but never had the chance before uh, to work with, with them. I think for instance now here we have in front of us uh, a work by Ellie Cortinas. Uh, I had the chance to, to see a film of her uh, in two, back to 2015 I think in Dusseldorf and this film was always like uh, present in my head and it was a uh, uh, the perfect occasion, so to say, uh, to, to invite her also to participate to this process. What I find really interesting in this exhibition is that uh, it's, it's a actually poster-based, image-based uh, exhibition that audience can take actually uh, A3 versions of the larger posters, but also there are QR codes in some of them that just takes you some online platform. So the accessibility of the exhibition is not necessarily limited to the space, but also it goes beyond for digitally accessibility. So can you talk about this process, how you decided to have it more uh, into a, like a kind of a 
digitally accessible. So that's uh, uh, an, an idea, and like I think we are like all now more and more digital. Also, the the pandemic like uh, participate to this uh, movement, uh, but. It's not that much about like like the, the idea of digitalization or of making the things more digital that came in my mind, but more like the, the yeah like the intention of uh, making a format that could travel without too much CO2 emission. So we we were with uh, like I was uh, sharing a lot of uh, ideas with Andreas Greiner about uh, Triennale. He was uh, planning in Japan, uh, and for this Triennale, like there was the problem of like of the the trip, the travel, and how much CO two uh, he will emit uh, just by uh, flying there. So we were thinking about like instructions also uh, for the curators there in order that they can build the work without having the artist there. So in this, uh, that in mind, uh, I, I try to develop a format that could uh, tour around the world with, without like uh, um, too much uh, CO2 um, emissions. But whereas there is a very nice locale layer of this exhibition that you are collaborating with another Kleingarten, like a small garden community in Moabit, and then you are actually activating through performances and then get-togethers. Can you talk about it a little bit? Mm, the point about it, even if we think Reconnecting Earth as a traveling exhibition, uh, is really to allow people from other kind of communities and people who are not related uh, with art or to art to be part of this project and to be part of this intent to reconnect, so to say. Uh, so in each cities uh, we are working with uh, urban gardens or allotments uh, in order to understand also uh, and to share about uh, what is urban biodiversity and what, what could be the different views about uh, how we connect with nature. Uh, so uh, the, the idea of instruction, maybe uh, to start with it, uh, come from um, like Duchamp already uh, in 1919. Uh, he, he was um, uh, he was he conceived an instruction for his sister uh, because she she was getting she she was getting married uh, in Paris and, and Marcel Duchamp was in Buenos Aires at that time so he couldn't go there and he, he wrote her an instruction and with a manual of geometry and she had like to attach this manual to a balcony uh, and let it fly uh, on the wind during the entire summer. So it has al already like a connection to this kind of uh, outdoor space. Um, and uh, you, you know probably like other kind of instruction made by artists, for instance, Yoko Ono and the entire like Fluxus movement, like several artists were uh, 
realizing instruction uh, based on sound, but also like based on daily actions. Uh, so the the idea of asking now uh, in 2021, 2022 artists to write instruction uh, is also a part of of a line of the art history, so to say. Uh, and it's it's uh, the goal is not to say that artists can give instruction to gardeners, for instance, when we present the instructions there, but that we can think about what is an instruction and invite others to write their own instructions. So uh, therefore, and, and we might uh, talk a little bit about that, we plan a series of workshops uh, where the, the participants uh, can first um, activate the instruction of the artist, but then also create their own instruction. Oh, that's so nice. So now we are preparing this conversation to be broadcasted in July 5th, but you were telling me that there are upcoming dates for this exhibition. Can you tell us what's, what will happen in the next days? So here in Berlin, uh, on the 10th of July, uh, you are all cordially invited to the allotment in Habsburg Gaussstrasse. It's in Gaussstrasse in Charlottenburg. And there, there is the other part of this exhibition, so the outdoor exhibition. There you can see like all 16 uh, instructions of those artists uh, presented in the nature as a pass through the gardens. So there is a, a, a long, so to say, a main road of those allotments, uh, which extend in three, three communities. Uh, and in this road, we, we installed uh, in specific settings uh, built by the designer, uh, by designer Jonas, uh, Jonas Goethe uh, from Berlin. Uh, and uh, like it's presented to, to everyone. And it's important to say that there, there are also a lot of other kind of, um, of walkers uh, going there like with their dogs or, or just passing by. And uh, the, our, our intention is also to make those instructions visible to, a, to another public. So on the 10th, particularly, you are welcome to go there because we will activate uh, the instruction of Zengbo, who is also uh, uh, right now uh, exhibiting at Gropiusbau. Uh, and his instruction uh, called Drawing Wind Practice um, is an invitation to turn off your phone, to walk through the garden and draw a wind that speaks to you. And after, after having drawn it, uh, Zegbo asked to um, grab this drawing under the earth and to let the microbes uh, fit it. So this instruction, highly poetic, uh, could be seen also as a way not to enter in this kind of vanitas of being proud about his or her own drawing, uh, but sharing it uh, with other uh, living beings. So at Habsburg Gaussstrasse, 
uh, there, there will be uh, some of our team uh, who will welcome uh, the visitors and give them also like um, papers and pencils in order that they can take part and activate Zengbo's instruction. And you were mentioning that there will be another leg of this exhibition in Geneva in the uh, Kunstverein that you are director of, no? The exhibition is Geneva uh, will start on the 8th of July, so uh, two days before like the, this activity at uh, Habsburg Gaustrasse in the allotments. Uh, and it's also in uh, three different places of the city. Uh, so the, the, um, there is another uh, Kunstverein which is uh, an historic off-space of Geneva called Andata Ritorno, uh, which uh, started like 35 years ago. Uh, and um, it's uh, at Rue du Stan in the center of Geneva and there there will be the indoor exhibition uh, which is similar to the one we are now at Courtecourt. Uh, where you can also like uh, take the, the posters in A3 version, where you have uh, a video of Adrien Missica watering plants, where you have uh, the VR of Bianca Kennedy and the Swan Collective, and several other works uh, from artists who are part of uh, this first part of Reconnecting Earth. Um, and to speak a bit more about like the future venues uh, in Berlin, uh, it's important to say that we, we are showing also the instruction in the city. So like the third part of, uh, of Reconnecting Earth in Berlin um, is um, simply in the street of Kreuzberg, uh, where we ask um, an advertising company to present those instructions in huge boards so, and we try to find like some uh, specific spots uh, around the Jewish Museum and the Berlinische Galerie uh, where the instruction will be featured again uh, in September uh, during uh, Berlin Art Week. Is there anything that you would like to add Bernard? Maybe I missed to ask but anything that you would like to mention before we wrap up our conversation? Maybe it's uh, important to mention also that uh, we are organizing workshop uh, along the exhibition for, uh, for the schools and for the particularly the gymnasium. So we, uh, um, we offer a, a gymnasium in Charlottenburg to um, invite the students to come to us and say like more than uh, 200 students will participate and also activate those instructions and uh, create their own. So let's hope that it will help uh, to maybe get another view uh, of this urban nature. So before we close our conversation, I'm curious about your future projects after Reconnecting Earth. Do you already know or are you still in the progress of working on Reconnecting Earth project? The Reconnecting Earth project uh, is uh, like expanding to other cities. So we are now like trying to um, find uh, new venues, but we have already uh, plans for Venice and Reykjavik for the next year. 
uh, and also like uh, in Germany uh, in two different cities. So we are we are now uh, in the in the phase of trying to figure it out which artists could be also great to give new instructions. Uh, the goal of this project is also to um, get some 50 to 100 instructions of artists. Now we are with 16 uh, in order to make a publication uh, which kind of uh, suggests activities and ways to reconnect with our direct environment. You also have a website, right? Reconnecting uh, Earth. Yeah, we have like this. This web website is really easy, like reconnecting Earth, and it's actually like one uh, reason why we named this show like that. At at the start, it was planned to be uh, reconnecting uh, uh, with Eden. So reconnecting with Eden had like uh, some potential like polemic aspect also because of its religious connotation and uh, we have, I have to say that we are working uh, in close collaboration with uh, two graphists here in Berlin uh, from who are like Fuchs and Bortz and they, are, uh, they, they had this idea actually like they check like all the potential URL and it seems that now it's possible like to have this extension .earth so it was suddenly like, oh, but actually it's wonderful. It uh, makes the things easier and it's way direct. And so everyone can just type like reconnecting.earth and you will get like way more information on the old project and the, the schedule also for Geneva and Berlin. Thank you so much for your time, Bernard. That was a very nice and then also full of information. And I wish you a great reactivating the project in the next cities and also in Berlin. Thank you for coming here in Quote Quote. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. If you like my podcast series, you can support and buy me a coffee. Buymeacoffee.com slash Tuce. T-U-C-E. See you in the next episode. Bye. Art Next Door, prepared by Tuche Eral. Art Next Door is a monthly radio show on Heat FM and a podcast series at Anchor FM.